The Soda Pod is proudly presented by 7th Avenue Pizza. 7th Ave Pizza produces the highest quality, best tasting frozen pizza available in the market today. If delicious toppings are what you crave, look no further. Try the meat sauce pizza today because it wails, folks. Follow them at 7th Avenue Pizza to stay current on where you can grab yours today. Get you some 7th Avenue Pizza today. Now let's get right to the show. Um, let's just do it. Uh, so, I hope everyone had a nice week. Hope everyone, uh, enjoyed a little bit of sunshine. I don't know if it was sunny anywhere else outside of, uh, New England, but it was sunny here, kind of, other than a little bit of rain. And, um, it's just been lovely. Uh, it's about that time. It's almost playoff time. We're rearing, ready to go, ready to rock. Um, now is when the real season begins. And if the wild can stay healthy, that would be great for this first round date with the St. Louis blues. That will for sure kill me. Um, but anyways, yeah, thanks for tuning in as always. Um, I have no idea what episode it is. I think it might be 28, but who gives a shit? Um, here's the deal. We're doing a mailbag because I didn't get to watch a ton of games this week and I just kind of felt like doing a mailbag. So that's what we're going to do. Um, so you know what? Instead of just dragging out this intro and me making shit up as I go, let's just get right into it. Okay? Okay, great. Because we're going to do that as I filibuster because I'm writing something down. Anyways, okay. First question, as always, comes from my guy, Corey. He's one of the only ones that utilizes the Gmail. Um, nice fella. Again, he's the only guy that sent me money. Um, a nice $1 tip in uh, the cash app. Thank you, Corey. You're an absolute beauty. And he writes, hi, spoke. Hi, Corey. Did Huznadinov captain and win some big trophy? I have been tracking the KHL lately, but I thought MK, oh, Huznadinov, was getting pretty low in role-specific minutes, so this seemed weird. Tweet below for reference, and he included a tweet. Um, yes, he did, but... It, it was not with uh, the KHL SKA team. Um, so after SKA was eliminated from the KHL playoffs, Huzendinov was immediately assigned to go play with SKA 1946, one of SKA's two, which is ridiculous, NHL teams. So in Russia, um, well, number one, they just don't give a fuck. Uh, and two, they have a farm system within their organizations, kind of like European soccer teams do. So, you know, you have the NHL. So, like, in NHL, ter- uh, NHL terms, you have the KHL, which is the same as the NHL. Then there's the VHL, which is their version of the AHL. And then beyond that, they actually have what's called the MHL, um, which would be, like, NHL organizations having junior team affiliates uh, that they can send players to. Um, so, you know, like, in the NHL, they don't have any junior team affiliation, but they have that weird CHL agreement that, um, you know, players in the CHL have to meet a certain criteria or else they can't go play in the AHL. They have to go to the NHL. Russia doesn't give a shit about any of that. So guys are just going up and down constantly. Like there will be guys like I think actually who's the did play in one or two VHL games this season too. Um, but anyways, so literally within days of being eliminated from the KHL playoffs, Scott, Scott just sent who's to go play in the MHL finals. 
the final series, not even like round one or two, literally just the MHL final. Like did not appear in a playoff game until then. Not only that, and here's Russia. Uh, he was named captain, which rocks and it's hilarious, but there you go. Russia just doesn't give a shit about anything. Um, so literally doesn't play in a single game in the playoffs. Um, I don't even know if he played. I think he might have actually played one or two games in the regular season. I can't remember. Uh, but immediately goes down for the final series, gets the C on his sweater, plays in four games. Uh, they kick the shit out of Krasnaya Armia. Um, and not only that, he then goes and plays on the line with Matt Mitchkov, who's going to be either him or Bedard's going number one in 2023. They're two absolute generational mutants. This kid is like 12 years old, and he signed for another 14 years in Russia. Um, and he's insane. And uh, 2021 second rounder for Winnipeg and Nikita Shibrikov, and they were in absolute globetrotter mode all the games that I was watching. Um, Mitchkov scored the game winner today with a fucking lacrosse goal. Because <laughs> he's insane. Um, and this was like... So of the four games that uh, played in, they won three. I think they won 6-2, 7-2. They lost one game, and he was actually pretty bad. He was a dash three that game. Uh, and then I think they won today 3-2. to Huzantinov uh, only scored one goal. But again, it wasn't really, um, you know, if you watch those games, you, you kind of get an idea of what Husudinov brings to the table. Um, you know, the offensive game against men in the adult leagues right now, it's just not as, as there um, as it is when he's going and playing against lesser competition, obviously. But you see a little bit of the playmaking, you see the skill, you see the passing. Um, you know, he does a little bit of everything. But again, at this point in his career, playing in the KHL and against men and in a pro league, um, you know, it's been the defensive game that's really popped. Um, and he's kind of found, um, you know, the offensive point production. A lot of that had to do with the minutes, but um, it obviously wasn't there as the season drew on because he was pretty much strictly used in a third or fourth line checking role, all D zone face offs. Um, you know, wasn't really given any power play time until he resigned over there, but um. You know, it was actually cool. And again, it's hilarious that they're just sending him down to go play in the MHL finals. Uh, but it was good to see because, first of all, he had a blast. And second of all, um, you know, he really got to be thrown into an offensive role. He's playing right around 20 minutes. He's playing second line center, second line. Um, and again, he's playing with two absolute studs who are going to be pretty good NHL players. Well, Matt Bajmichkov is going to be unbelievable. And Shibrikov should be a pretty good NHL player as well. Uh, they had the puck pretty much the whole time that they were on the ice. Like, there's one sequence, um, if you follow, what's his name? I think it's Dylan Griffin. He, he tweeted one sequence where they're just passing between the three of them in their own zone. Then there's a stretch pass to Huznadinov to the other blue line, and then they just recycle and do it again. Like, they they had the puck for, like, a minute and a half, and it ends with a shot on goal. It didn't go in, but it was sick. Um, scored one beautiful playoff goal, like I said, and no other points other than that. He's getting right around three or four shots a game. Uh, just looked really good. Again, the skating is just unbelievable. It's dynamic, uh, forwards, backwards, you know, even the lateral movement. Um, but it was nice again to see him play against, you know, lesser competition and he can kind of showcase that creativity. He gets inside a whole lot more, you know, he's still tiny. He's like 160 pounds soaking wet. And I think he's like five, eight, five, nine. 
Um, and to be honest, he might be shorter. Um, so that's going to be one thing that he's going to have to, you know, he's just, I mean, he's not going to grow a whole lot or anything like that, but he definitely needs to work on that strength a little bit, the pro level. So it's actually not going to be, depending on what happens with the fucking KHL, because Russia's Russia. And I honestly have no idea what's about to happen in that league. Um, you know, he's going to be able to develop a lot more over there. So that should work out well for him in Minnesota. Um, you know, and in theory, by the time he comes over to North America, you know, ideally, maybe he'll be able to jump right into the NHL. Maybe he needs a little bit of time in the AHL, but, um, you know, he's done the bulk of his development over there. Um, you know, and he's going to have three or four years of KHL hockey, which is probably a top three team or a top three league in the world. Um, you know, he'll be bringing that experience over. So, you know, a lot of the kinks that he's going to have to work out that he would have had to work out either, you know, at the end of this year into next year in the AHL, he's going to be able to work on a little bit of that over in Russia. So all in all, it's, um, you know, it's not a disaster that he's not coming over. Obviously I was excited to go watch him, um, in Iowa, but, um, anyways, yeah. So who's in Dinov? Yes. He just went over there and won. I think it's, what's it called? I wrote it down. They have all these weird names for their trophies and shit. I can't keep track of all of them. Oh, the Harlamov Cup. Um, but yeah, they kind of took Kresnaya to the cleaners. Um, and that Kresnaya team's pretty stacked, too. They got a bunch of guys who are going to be going um, this year and next year in the NHL draft. But um, And actually, if you want to go watch all those games, um, they are uploaded to the MHL YouTube channel, like the full game, and it's... I, I don't think they ever take them down maybe at the end of, uh, you know, the summer, but um, you know, all those games are available to go watch. If you want to go get an idea of what, who's a Dinov looks like and what he could potentially bring to the table at the NHL level. Once, uh, once he kind of, you know, gets used to playing against pros and, and figures out how to play against bigger players and everything like that. But yeah, if you want to go watch those games, you want to watch who's a Dinov and get an idea of what he plays like and, and what he looks like, um, you know, go over to that YouTube channel. I think the game, included the uh, or i think the video of their final today included the trophy ceremony and everything like that so it's like a three hour long youtube video but uh they keep all those videos up so there's there's a ton of stuff to go watch and there's a, a bunch of guys that are gonna get drafted this summer that are playing in the uh mhl so um it's a really good youtube channel uh to go check those guys out again it's the full game so um and really high quality streams in a lot of cases um you know it's better than some like a whenever I try to watch the J20 in Sweden, some of those camera angles are ridiculous. There's one literally from the bench. It's terrible. It, it drives me insane. Anyways, moving on. But yeah, so yes, who's in Dinov one? Um, and he looked great. Whew. Next up, what do we got here? Let's see. Again, I'm filibustering because I am writing shit down. Timestamp. You're welcome, Isha. Um, okay, next question comes from Matthew. I think it's at MN Wild Talking. I think that's what it is. Uh, what would you do with Hovanov going forward from this year? And do you think any solid scoring winner, wingers or winners, that'd be good, uh, will fall into the 25 to 50 range of this year's draft? So let's start with Hovanov. Obviously, been, you know, if you just look at the counting stats and you look at, um, you know, the commentary around Hovanov this season is pretty disappointing. Um, you know, I, I think he played, let's see, I should actually just pull it up instead of trying to make this shit up on my own here. Let's see, where is it? There we go. 
21 AHL games this season, one goal, which was a fucking snipe, uh, four assists for five points. Um, you know, for a kid with that ceiling, um, with the potential he has, with the amount of skill and how just how good he is, obviously disappointing. Um, I mean, really, it's just disappointing that he wasn't there the whole season. I personally would have liked to see him get more games, but I'm not the coach. I'm not in the room. So, you know, I don't know shit. Um, you know, and in the ECHL, it was whatever. I think he played eight games, six points. I've said it before. There was a couple of games where he took like three minor penalties tripping because he couldn't keep up. Um, but I, I'm not sure if I'm convinced that I'm ready to totally give up on the kid yet. You know, it would be one thing if you were watching him play and, you know, he's dragging his feet and he looks like he's bitching because he's on the fourth line or he's been a healthy scratch. Um, but the one thing that I did notice when he was in the lineup and even sometimes when the camera would go to him in the stands is he is not bitching at all. Um, I actually think he's got a really good attitude in terms just, I mean, again, I don't know the kid and I'm not in the room and I'm never, you know, around obviously, but um, you know, he's not moping, you know, there's clips from him in practice. He's working his balls off. It looks like he has a good uh, relationship with Tim army and um, you know, this is like his first full year in Iowa kind of full year, I guess, you know, going back and forth between the ECHL and the AHL, you know, I know he did get hurt actually a little bit, um, but again, you know, it started the year. It's not great, but you know, he's signed for another year. He's 22 years old. He's still young, you know, and every once in a while you see the flashes of the potential. Um, and you know, you, you gotta consider what one more year of just consistent AHL hockey looks like, um, you know, and what it could do for him. But, you know, at this point, yeah, the, the value is really kind of tanking the stocks tanking, um, you know, all in all, it wasn't a great year for him, but you know, you do see the flashes of the playmaking. His last assist to Beckman was sick, just a gorgeous pass and transition. And, um, but I'll tell you what, the kid does work his bag off. So, you know, it's not like a case where he just looks like he feels bad for himself or he thinks he's too good. Um, you know, you, so I'm, I'm, I wonder, but you know, you look at the prospect pool, um, and even for a kid like him, who in terms of, you know, the other guys in that prospect pool, like in terms of ceiling and skill and what he could be, he would, he should be a top eight prospect. Um, you know, if it wasn't Minnesota, he'd be, you know, top five in a lot of other pools, but, um, you know, you look at the center depth right now, and there's a ton of centers now, a ton with high upside. You got young centers that are playing now with Connor Dewar. You know, Marco Rossi projects to be a first-line center, all-around player. Um, so, you know, you do wonder what it, the future really would hold for him, especially if he's not taking advantage of all the opportunities that he does get, and he does get them. Um, you know, but I I just wonder where they're – I do wonder where they're at with him. Um but again, I just see every once in a while, he'll just make a play or he'll make a pass. And you're sitting like, oh man, there it is. Like, um, it just hasn't really grabbed hold and stayed consistent yet. Um, you know, the skating is definitely better though. So that's one thing. Like he looks faster. He's keeping up with the play. It doesn't look like he's just like dogging it ever. Um, you know, in a lot of games too, we, we talk about this with Adam Beckman, but lately he's, it's been a fourth line of Baddock fighter, Alex Hovanov. 
who has this enough skill and potential to be a top six forward in the NHL. And then Cody McLeod, like that's who he's working with right now. Every once in a while, he'll get a look with Beckman, which is like really fun. Um, and I actually like when they play together, but, um, you know, I, I do wonder if they could just give him one good year or like one consistent year of regular playing time in Iowa and what that looks like. But, you know, if you could package them to try to make another trade, um, you know, if you think you could get a couple picks, I'm sure that that's tempting. Um, because again, you know, for a kid with all the skill in the world, and he's had all the skill in the world for a couple of years now, it just hasn't really, hasn't really clicked yet. And, you know, he was drafted four years ago. And um, so I do wonder what, what they want to do. I would like to try to give him one more year, but at the same time, you know, now is right around the time that you would try to, tr you know, cash in. I just don't know really what you're going to get for him. Um, so I think that was probably the most fence sitting answer i could possibly give but um you know if you're in the camp of trade them i just you have to do it in some kind of a package and i don't really know what you're getting back obviously because you're not trading them for an nhl player of course um and you know i, I do question how much value he even does have in a package it kind of i guess it kind of depends on what that package is like what the other piece is because he's not going to be you know the the number one selling point so um I, I still just selfishly want to see him play one more year, but I do recognize that he is 22. It's right around now. He's drafted four years ago. It's right around now that you'd expect to be, um, you know, seeing what he could have. And he should be at the point where he's flirting with, you know, making an NHL debut. But right now he's not really that close. Uh, so, you know, I, my unbiased answer is probably be, you know, you're probably moving him. And I probably would look to move him, but, um, you know, again, selfishly and with that bias, I do want to see him get a little bit of a little bit of opportunity in Iowa just to see what he could do. Again, he has, I think he actually does have a good attitude, and that's not something that has been said about him in the past. So, um, but I do love his effort, and I do. He's a psychopath on the ice, which is very funny. Um, he loves to start scrums too, so I think he actually might enjoy playing with Baddock and McLeod because he can just go start absolute chaos and i swear to god brandon maddox skates by him says thank you and then just starts beating people up so um you know long answer long uh yeah you probably look to move him but i don't really just i just don't think you get anything for him um you know again like i said before every once in a while you're seeing those flashes of, of the player that he could be but um you know you do have to wonder if that ever really is going to stick long term and and be good enough to to project the nhl level so or at least as a full-time nhl player so um you know we'll see and then second part of the question yes i do think there's going to be a bunch of guys specifically scoring wingers that are going to be available you know i think there's been a lot of talk about this draft as being like super top heavy and then it wanes off significantly and like i think that is partly true but i do think there are a lot of guys just who um, you know, maybe that's not like the sexiest name or whatever. Um, and they're obviously not getting the headlines as a lot of those top 10 guys are getting, but, um, you know, I think part of it has to do with like, you know, this is another season where, you know, we're getting close to having a draft where all these prospects haven't really been affected too bad by COVID, but I mean, they did miss a lot of time. And I think that's fucked with a lot of rankings. I think it's messed with a lot of kids development. Um, but I do see some kids that I could, that would are probably going to fall, um, maybe not later than they should, but you could probably still find value right around that range. You know, we've talked about it before, but Jaeger Furcus, Jaeger Furcus, however the hell you say it. Um, 
He's a player. He is so fun to watch. He's explosive, scores from deep. He's got all the skill in the world. He's just tiny. So you know that the NHL draft. If Logan Stankoven fell as far as he did, um, then Fergus will fall farther. So, you know, you're looking at a kid that could even go, you know, I think that I do think the CHL top prospect game kind of elevated his stock a little bit. Um, and I mean, he's been on the rise since like December, January, like he just can't stop scoring goals. Um, and he's just absolutely electric. He jumps off the page. He's not like a kid that you're wondering where he is. You just notice him almost every shift because he is that explosive and that fun to watch and he's flashy. And, um, you know, he does everything that, you know, if you're trying to find a neutral spectator or someone that isn't really into, um, I don't really want to say not all that into hockey because why the fuck would you be watching a junior hockey game in the WHL? Um, but he is someone that you're kind of like, if you're just blankly watching a game, all of a sudden he's just going to do something to pop and he is a feisty little bastard. So he is very fun. So I think that's a kid I'd be shocked if he even goes in the first round. Um, you know, I think he could end up, you know, being, you know, I, uh, I could see him going mid second, late second, you know, just again, because he is like four foot eight, nine pounds soaking wet. You know, I could see someone not even really being that comfortable until the third round. So um, that's a kid I expect that is going to be drafted later than he should. Um, and he would definitely be one to watch just because he is, he's legit. I think he's a, he's a really good player. And if he can overcome the size issue, you know, he moves well enough. And um, there are a lot of dynamic parts of his game offensively. Um, you know, I think you could find value there. Another kid that now is because of the U18s going on right now, um is shooting back up the rankings again a kid like isaac howard a lot of people have him right now um you know late 20s a lot of people have him even falling into the second round i think that's a mistake the kid just makes plays and he scores goals he's got a hat trick in that first game against canada and then i think he scored another two goals yesterday in the u18 worlds um the kid's unreal you know and people have asked me about him before just because it's a minnesota uh, prospect um that kid's a player and he's going to be good. If people can get over the size thing or whatever they have against the size, um, you know, you're looking at a player that even if it's not looking like he's having a game where, you know, he's necessarily making, you know, he's being like a playmaking winger, whatever. Um, he's a kid that can have a bad game and leave with two goals. You know what I'm saying? So that's a kid I would watch for. I'm very curious to see where he goes in the draft. Um, but he's really putting on a show lately. He's come onto the scene very hard in the USHL and in now in the U18 worlds. Uh, but he's just a playmaker. And he scores and he's just legit. He's just that kid that's going to nose for the net. He always knows where to be, which I think is an extremely valuable thing for a young player, that hockey IQ and just general awareness of where you should be and where goals happen. Um, so I love Isaac Howard. Uh, a couple others, Rucker McGrory, another kid in the USHL. A lot of people had him, you know, initially pretty high in the first round. I've seen him drop off a little bit. I could see him going 20, 25. Um, you know, Noah Ostland, another one out of Sweden. He's a really fun player to watch. Um, you know, he's either unbelievable or he's just not great. So that's why I think his stock has kind of dropped a little bit. I could see him going late first, early second. Um, and then there are a bunch of Russians, you know, Ivan Marashnashenko, um, you know, he, he's sick right now, which is scary. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen with him. Um, but that's a kid that was a top five pick, you know, last summer, um, you know, as people started their preseason rankings and then he had a little bit of an off year and then he got sick. Um, you know, he didn't get selected for team Russia. 
uh, the World Juniors. So, you know, his stock has fallen a little bit. He's looking at, you know, depending on, you know, we have no idea what's going to happen with him, to be honest, just because he is, you know, he has that diagnosis. So, um, you know, I'm curious to see what, what NHL teams are comfortable with and where they'd be comfortable drafting him. But I could see him dropping lower than he should go because I do think that's a real good player. He's a very fun player to watch, and he's a bulldog. Um, and then another Russian, Alexander Paravalov, the kid just rips pucks. He's he's very fun to watch. I've talked about Gleb Jerikazov before, and then Ilya Kvachko is another one. Um, and then a couple other guys I have, Liam Ogren. Um, I would be shocked if he's there, but he's a really fun player to watch. He's on that loaded J20, J20 team, I think, right? I'm not making that up. Why am I doubting myself right now? I need to make sure because now I'm panicking. Yeah, yeah he is. <laughs> he is on that J20 team, that Gear Gardens team. That was just an absolute wagon. Um, you know, he's probably not going to be around, but I've also seen you know, some people mistakenly put him into like the high second round. Don't know why. Um, you know, he's a kid with good size. He skates well as a left shot, left wing. Um, God, can he shoot a puck? He's creative. Um, and I actually think he's he's a, a good passer as well. So, you know, you see where Liam Ogren goes. And then two other guys, Owen Beck, a natural center, but he's been insane this year. Um, and then Danny Zilkin, technically a center, but he'll be a winger in the NHL. But those are just a bunch of guys that I could see going 25 to 50. That would be good pickups for sure, if they fall that far. But who knows? That was a long answer. Hope hope that's whatever. Hope you hope you didn't mind. Um, writing that down again, and this I'm just gonna write and not say anything. I'm not gonna filibuster because I don't feel like it. Okay, <laughs> let's pay some bills real quick. Once again, I have been on fire not forgetting the DraftKings read. Shout out DraftKings, what a bunch of beauties. I still can't win shit, by the way. Anyways, let's talk about DraftKings. Uh, hey, hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, guess what? I say it every week. Don't worry about it. They got your back. You can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can bet, can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters, and a goalie, and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, it's secure, and it's reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. That's true. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code THBN, bet just $1 on any NHL team to win, and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 plus restrictions supply. See show notes for details. You know what? I kind of like half butchered that because I can't speak words because I'm an idiot. But at the same time, put a little sauce on that. I think I kind of nailed it and did terrible at the same time. So you know, figure that one out. All right, moving on. Next question. Sorry. Wild Farm Report, where Iowa's losses at Texas this weekend, as simple as them running into a hot goalie. So if you missed it, Iowa uh, really put themselves in a position after winning five or six or six or seven. Um, they put themselves in the driver's seat to make that final spot for a playoff for the playoffs. And um, 
to call their cup. And they really just needed to get a win against Texas um, or at least get a point, and they just fell short two games. I actually thought they played fairly well. So, yes, part of it was they definitely ran into the hot goalie. Um, you know, I think there were a couple mishaps on the back end that they would have liked to have taken back. Um, but I think, you know, it is a combination of they did run into the hot goalie, and then, you know, you lose Connor Dewar. You know, you miss Mitchell, Mitchell Chafee. Um, and, you know, then all of a sudden your first line center is Bryce Gervais, who, you know, he's been great and I love the kid, but, you know, that's not ideal if you're trying to win and make a playoff spot. So, um, yeah, I'd say they did run to a hot goalie. Um, again, I actually thought they played fairly well and I thought they controlled a lot of the play. Um, you know, I thought a lot of guys looked really good. They got a couple posts as well. I think Adam Beckman and Beckman might have 25 posts hit this year. It's crazy. Um, so keep that in mind, by the way, when you're shitting on Beckman for his, uh, numbers. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought they played really well. Um, you know, a couple of breakdowns defensively, I think maybe a goal or two McIntyre would like to have back, but he also played unbelievable and made some ridiculous saves as well. Um, you know, and again, every once in a while, they just shoot themselves in the foot where, you know, you get a big power play at a big time, whether you're down one or it's, you know, a chance to get off, um, you know, early and, and take a one nothing lead early or just to get back in the game. And they either just like can't do it or they take another penalty, um, you know, and then again, they get themselves into penalty trouble too. So, um, you know, the power play doesn't really come through for them at the right times um occasionally the last game against rockford they actually came through big time i think they were three for three at one point but um you know it's kind of just the story of the season really um you know even when they when they're playing well it seems like you know they shoot themselves in the foot with one play and all of a sudden it turns into 10 bad plays or um it kind of just really derails them for a little bit and every once in a while they just can't get back on the horse but um yeah they definitely did run into a hot goalie i gotta actually look up how many saves that fucking kid made Cause it wasn't at one point I was like, are you like, come on. Like, this is a joke yeah, at this point. Um, let me just pull that up. I don't even know why I did that. Cause it's right here. Come on. Help me out. Okay. There we go. As I struggle to, to pull the games up. Okay. Saturday. Yeah. They lose two one to Texas. How many saves? Did that goddamn kid. But yeah. The kid made 34 saves. Um, they were up one, nothing too, which is always a bummer. Then they take a bad penalty and, um, you know, delay a game on Mermis and they give up a power play goal. And then they just give up a bad one to Petrovic with five minutes left in the game. Um, I think the other game that they lost, I think their goalie had about 38 saves or something like that. And they just couldn't find the back of the net. Um, so, you know, two hard fought games again, I thought they played fairly well and they control a lot of the play, but like you said, they do run to that a hot goalie, but you know, missing like Connor Dewar has been their their best, most consistent player pretty much the entire the entire um, season when he when he's been there. Like he just does everything for them. Yeah, they lost one nothing in the other game. They gave up a goal of three and a half to go. Um, you know, and thirty eight save shutout for for their goalie. So yeah, they definitely ran to the hot goalie. Um, but you know, they do they just shoot themselves in the foot too often. They really do whether it's not converting on big power plays or taking bad penalties at the wrong time, or just a bad defensive breakdown um, at the worst possible time. Um, so now I think they have, you know, and this is what sucks too, is now you're not going to see Marco Rossi in the regular season, in the NHL, um, you know, the wild play tomorrow, tomorrow or technically today. Uh, and then they finish that back to back. So they'll be done the 28th, 29th and Rossi's going to be fighting for a playoff spot here. 
um, in Iowa, and then he'll probably just be a black ace playoffs, which also sucks. Um, but we'll see if Iowa can even make the playoffs at this point. I'm pretty sure they now no longer control their own fate. I got to look at it again. Um, so we'll see what happens, but, but yeah, they definitely did run to the hot goalie, but you know, they're missing key pieces and then just shooting themselves in the foot at the wrong time. So story of the story of the season sometimes or, you know, here and there with them, but, um, whatever. It's the way it goes. That's hockey folks. Writing it down again. Okay. Nick Schuster over under 20 minutes and one second time on ice for Lambos and Iowa next season. I still have to figure out if he's even allowed to play uh, in the HL next season. Shocking for about the eighth week in a row. I didn't even um, consider trying to figure it out, but I completely forgot. Um, it would be as simple as just asking my buddy one question about what dictates the season played in the CHL because it might be nine games like it is in the NHL or in terms of like a burning a year contract or whatever. But, um, you know, he did play five couple years ago when they were still the Kootenai ice and not the Winnipeg ice. Um, so we'll see if, you know, if he is allowed to go to the AHL, um, you know, he'll be getting some healthy minutes. Depends on really if Addison's going to be there, if he's going to be in Minnesota. Right now, there's just a roadblock for him to get to Minnesota at this point because they've signed nine NHL defensemen. Um, so, you know, at that point, that probably cuts into any power play time for Lambos. Um, but him and Addison together would be a whole lot of fun to watch if Addison stays in the AHL and, and Lambos does go. Because Lambos is definitely ready. Um, you know, he's he's been ridiculous. He just continues this strong of run play, run of play ever since he got healthy and ever since Winnipeg started playing games again. Um, you know, even when they're playing games like three and four, or four and five, um, you know, he's just popping up and he's just making some ridiculous plays and having some incredible games. He had a three assist game the other day. I think it was game two of the playoffs. Um, but again, he's not just all offense. He gives you a little bit of everything. He's excellent defensively on a lot of nights as well, but. Uh, we'll see what the plan is with him um, and we'll see who's back in Iowa next season. It is hard to tell just because I can never figure out who's on, um, you know, how those AHL contracts work with some of them. We'll see who's still there and, and how many spots there are. Cause again, you're already looking at O'Rourke and Damon hunt going to Iowa next season. At that point, if Addison's still there, obviously it's a right shot D, but whatever, um, you know, Miramis or it really does just depend on who's still in Iowa and who they keep around. But I personally, again, this is a very selfish take of mine, but I would love to see an all youth movement in Iowa. Like imagine a top four D of like Addison O'Rourke and then hunt or hunt and O'Rourke. Cause O'Rourke does play the right side on a lot of nights or most often in the Sioux. Again, by the way, he's been a beast in the playoffs too. Um, like a top four D of O'Rourke and hunt and then, Addison with Lambos, that would be a joke. That'd be so fun to watch. Um, uh, just electrifying, but um, you know, we'll see. It's it's always hard to tell too, because it's you know, Iowa, they want to win. Tim Army always says they they want to win, but at the end of the day, the AHL is still a development league. So um, you know, at the end of the day, guys like Addison, Lambos, uh, O'Rourke Hunt, when they're there, you know, the main goal for them is to develop into NHL players. So that's kind of you know, sometimes icing the best lineup or, you know, in we talk about this with Adam Beckman, you know, instead of putting him in just in the top six role, which might be the best for uh, the team, you know, giving, you know, your best shooter the opportunity to shoot um, and putting him in offensive uh, positions like, um, you know, that'd probably be great. But at the same time, you're trying to develop a full game. So, um, you know, 
you'll see Addison technically on the third pair a lot of nights, but he's playing like 20, 25 minutes. So, um, we'll see with Lambos. We'll see if he's allowed to play in Iowa next season. I wouldn't be shocked if he was in Winnipeg, but, um, you know, at the same time, I do think he's, he's right there ready to at least be a very good AHL player. And, um, I don't think he's ready for the NHL yet, but, um, you know, I could see him if he was able to go to Iowa, put in a full season or just start really well, if he could flirt with getting a call up here and there, um, you know, there's a reason they signed him to his ELC right after they drafted him. So, uh, we'll see, but, um, you know, I would imagine if he goes to AHL next season, you're probably looking at a kid playing 15, 16, 17 minutes every night. Oh boy. Sharmarky. I think that's how, that's how you say that. I'm sure it's not actually my bad. Um, Sorry, I forgot to write down the timestamp for Isha. Okay. Asks. Sorry. Uh, it's either Sharmarky, Sharmark. How else can I fuck this name up? That's all I got. Okay. Where does Rossi fit in next season? Does he bump Hartman or Freddie out of their spots? Um, I'm not convinced he makes the team out of camp. I do think he's good enough. To play. I've said this probably every single episode. You so you you know, feel free to fast forward because I'm probably just going to give you the same spiel, but um, I think he's good enough to play in the NHL. I don't think he's ready to be NHL, full-time NHL when he's Marco Rossi. When he's the NHL version, I don't think he's the NHL version of Marco Rossi yet. Um, you know, and again, people have been pointing out his lack of points. So yeah, it's not the same as it was earlier in the year, but very different lineup again. And the AHL season is an absolute grind. I think it's honestly a lot harder um, than playing in the NHL like for a lot of these guys. And this is a kid, again, the fact that he's even right around a point per game in the AHL after missing an entire year of hockey and, like, life. Um, you know, in the, the last time he's playing hockey, was against a bunch of, like, 17 to 20-year-olds. It's incredible. And the fact that he actually made his NHL debut is absolutely unbelievable he could literally go like he could have finished the season the last 10 games like dash 700 um and i in like scoring on his own net and getting thrown out of games for like tomahawking referees in the face and i would tell you that marco rossi had an incredible first year in iowa like i would tell absolutely no doubt about it tell you that the fact that he's able to play a full season of ahl hockey you know he, he also battled those injuries as well um I would tell you that it was a, an incredibly successful season for him. So, you know, that being said, I don't think you really want to mess with that line with Kaprizov, Hartman, and um, Zuccarello. You're getting so much value out of Ryan Hartman. He's a 30, what, two, 33 goal scorer now. Um, you know, and he kind of just fits on that line perfectly well. You know, I, I the one thing I would wonder, though, is that second line specifically with Freddie Goudreau? It really is looking almost impossible to keep Kevin Fiala without moving like half of your roster. Um, and I just don't see them wanting to go long-term at big dough with him. I really don't. Um, I love the kid and I don't want him to ever leave. I don't want him to go anywhere. Obviously I want him to stay because right now he's having the breakout year. Like he's been unbelievable. Um, but I'm just not convinced that they want to go, you know, multi years at, at big dough for him. I just don't see them wanting to do that. So, um, and if I were him, I'd say, why the fuck am I taking a discount? I mean, I'm, I know he's happy here, 
and he's playing his best hockey and he's enjoying it. And like, he loves his teammates and he's grown a lot as a person. Um, you know, you can go, go ahead and read some of the stuff about him when he was in Nashville and how his teammates felt about him there. But, um, you know, he's a completely different person, a different player in Minnesota. Um, so I think, you know, in terms of his best career move, just pure hockey would be staying in Minnesota. However, that needs to happen, but I just don't see it being realistic. So, you know, you do have to, you have to wonder, you know, what does Freddie Goudreau look like without Kevin Fiala, you know? Um, so at that point, do you maybe try some combination of Boldy, Rossi, Goudreau with Goudreau on the wing? Because Rossi's just a center. He's a natural center. I'm sure you could be fine in the NHL as a winger, but um, the way he plays when he's at his best, he has the puck. He's making the plays. Um you know, he's in the middle of the ice. And that's what I love about him, too. He's not just a periphery player. Like, he's not just on the outside waiting for cookies. He's getting in the mix. I was tweeting. He started, like, eight scrums the other night. It was hilarious. Um, but he's a guy. He wants to puck on a stick. He wants to be making plays. Um, so it kind of, I guess, would clash with Goudreau. But you do have to wonder, you know, once you lose Kevin Fiala, how Freddie Goudreau looks without him. Um you know, I think there's a lot of good things about Freddie Goudreau. I think there's a lot of good parts of his game, but you know, who's really driving that line? Like, who's the one making the plays? Really, like it's Kevin Fiala, and a lot of times, um, you know, in conjunction with with Matt Boldy. So, you know, you have to wonder about that. But I'm just not convinced he's ready to be a top six center in the NHL. But you know, at the same time, this is a kid that tends to play up to the. Um, to the moment, he's a big game player, right? It's just what Marco Rossi is. And, you know, if there's one thing that sticks out about him, it's the fact that, you know, he just adapts to whatever environment he's in. And that's what I love about him. So um, we'll see. I just don't know, you know, again, it's just the math isn't good in terms of who's going to be sticking around, who goes, but, you know, we'll see what they do with them. We'll see that what they do with Fiala and really Goudreau. But, um, you know, I would love to see him reunited with Boldy because those two together in the AHL were ripping everybody apart. It was a joke. Um, so we'll see. But, you know, I I don't really – you can't put him on a fourth line. You know, there's no point in doing that and giving him eight minutes a game. Um, you know, you're not breaking up the the Eric Sinek with Greenway and, and Felino line. So it's really like that's the one spot he could go, like put him with Boldy and Goudreau. And that's like really the only place that would make sense. And I'm not sure they want to do that. So we'll see. But, um, you know, if he does start in the AHL next season, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. His kids got to keep playing pro hockey. So um, again, all in all super successful season for him. He's been a blast to watch and we'll see what happens now with, um, you know, last game of the year and if they make the playoffs or if he's going to be, you know, skating, skating as a black ace with Minnesota. And if he makes a playoff debut. I don't know what I'll do. I'll pass out. Um, okay. Sorry. Moving on. Russo HFC, as in the Russo. He has three questions. Has anybody seen or heard from Adam Beckman? Has playing a third line checking role helped him closer to the show? Uh, yeah, I've seen and heard Adam Beckman. First of all, might be the funniest uh, hot mic audible F-bomb guy in the AHL, especially when they're playing in barns where there's like, you know, like 46 people in the stands. Like when they're playing Tucson and they literally just don't have anyone at the games. Again, I've said this before, that poor fucking arena host 
imagine being the guy, the MC at a Tucson Roadrunners game where there's 12 people in the stands, one of them there because there's like free nachos or some shit, and they have no idea what they're watching. And this guy's like, let's let's get the crowd going. And there's like 11 people. Like that's gonna suck, anyways. Um, but Adam Beckman, again, I've said it before, or said it before, I said it about 15 minutes ago. He might have 25 hit posts this season, post hit, however you say it. Uh, but every time he is the funniest audible F bomb because he doesn't say the full, he doesn't let out a full fuck. He gets about halfway, and it's like it's like uh in Step Brothers with like the power paw. He goes, fuck. And I die laughing 10 times out of 10 because it's super loud. You can hear people in the crowd go, what? And it's just him hitting the post. And he's just like, it's like sometimes his voice cracks when he does it too. He's such a beauty. Um, he's very funny. So anyways, yes, I have heard from him. Um, you know, again, people are talking about the stats and, and what that means and why he's on the third or fourth line. I, I can't emphasize enough. You can't really look at, you know, guys in the AHL and wonder why they're on certain lines. A lot of them anyways, uh, just because again, it's a development league um, and they're trying to make these guys play a certain way. So 67 games a season with 10 goals and 23 assists and 33 points. Um, you know, he's pointless in the last four. Um, you know, I think he has one game with two points in his last like 10 or so. So, you know, the, you're sitting there wondering where the points are at, but you know, he has actually taken a step defensively. I think has it necessarily made him, get closer to the NHL. I don't know because I really just don't know how much runway there was for him. Um, you know, unless they go full sicko mode next season and, and, you know, they offload uh, Fiala and Goodrow and you somehow, we just end up with a second line of Beckman with Rossi and Boldy. That would be cool as hell. Um, so I don't really know if it's necessarily helped him get closer to the NHL, like sooner or anything like that. But I do think that he's kind of, you know, he's rounded out his game where he's not as one dimensional, right? Because before it was, you know, the kids all offense, he's a sniper, he's a shooter, um, you know, but other than that, you know, he has his moments of making really good plays, but, you know, the offense is pretty limited in that sense. Um, you know, not just that he was scoring just from deep or whatever, like he was scoring in different ways, but um you know, it was just, I don't know how dynamic that offense really was, um, you know, in terms of trying to project it to the NHL level. Um, so this is just another kid that's benefiting, benefiting from playing a full year of pro, even if it's in the AHL. So, again, not sure if it's necessarily helped him get to the NHL sooner, but it's definitely helped round out his game, which, in the, you know, you're looking at it long term, that's definitely going to help him. Um, you know, and this is a kid, it hasn't been easy for him. Like, he's had different line mates all season long right like when it was him and Dewar together that was insane right so like i feel like over the course of um you know last couple of years we've kind of gone away from like there are very few even in the nhl i feel like there's not a ton of you know you look at like line combinations did i just say like about 14 times in eight seconds i think so um but you know you look at nhl teams or ahl teams and you look at lines a lot of times it's two guys that are that are just really good together and you can kind of plug and play th that third guy. Um, you know, and Iowa had a little bit of that with, you know, Rossi and Boldy playing together and then Beckman and Dewar, you know, and then Mitchell Chafee comes on the season. He looks really good with Rossi and with Dewar, um, you know, and you can kind of plug and play that, that other, whether it was Mason Shaw or Kyle Rau or whoever with Rossi and Boldy, um, you know, that looked unbelievable. And then Dewar gets called up. Boldy gets called up. Rossi gets hurt. Hovanov is 
I don't even know. Um, so there just wasn't a ton of guys that could that could play like Beckman or play and keep up with Beckman. So, you know, he's playing a, a lot of different lines, a lot of different players. So I think it, it, you know, in terms of like the stats or whatever, it hasn't helped him. But I mean, you know, figuring out different ways to play with different guys and being a bit more of a player who can fit in with different players, you know, I think that long-term absolutely helps him, especially in Minnesota where they play, you know, a certain way. So um, don't give up on Adam Beckman at all. And don't take, you know, the quote-unquote down production year as, as some catastrophic thing that's detrimental to his development. You still have a really good player with a long NHL future, in my opinion. Um, and he's also, again, you know, you can say this about anyone in Minnesota now, just because this is how they build their culture now, but they the kids on like just an unreal kid, awesome teammate. The fellas love him. That's the uh, episode of, um, becoming, why would they go and visit the AHL? Like, he is hilarious. So, um, you know, it, He'll get a shot to make the team next season. It's just, again, the math is not good in terms of contracts and spots. But, um, you know, all in all, like a year like this with Adam Beckman, it's only going to be good for him. Um, so let's keep going. To, what was that, 48? Uh, Rucho H. Did I say Rucho? Jesus Christ. Russo HFC also asks, where is Fiala playing next season? Well, fucking ideally Minnesota, but I just don't know how that's possible. Um, so you, know, you look around the league, and I've said this a thousand times, and it's actually funny because every time I tweet a video of Kevin Fiala doing cool, doing cool shit, which is about eight times a game now, I get this one fan base who I love all up in there going bananas. But like Ottawa is just such a natural fit. He's that top six winger that is a game breaker that they really could use. There's a bunch of guys like him and Stutzla together could be unbelievable with him and Formanton maybe on the other side. Um, you know, they have the cat space, they have the assets, they have the picks. Like the the fit's just really good. So, you know, I would say that that has to be one of the leading candidates to land Fiala. Um, and along with that, there's been interest for years now. So, you know, I'll go Ottawa, but at the same time, the kid's got to sign a contract. So. I'm not sure how tempted he's going to be by going to or going to be with going to Ottawa, but at the same time, uh, they have a really bright future. So, you know, I think they're close. I think next season they should be taking a pretty big step with some of the prospects they have coming. And then, you know, the younger players that have been in the NHL for a few years and are really starting to pop. Um, but Ottawa just seems like that natural fit. Um, and I wish I actually thought about this question a little bit more so I could have come up with like a sleeper possibility, but. You look at the cap space assets um, in team need. Ottawa just, it feels feels like it's that's the one. Uh, and then finally from Russo HFC, and not Rucho, whatever the fuck that was, uh, free Rossi, dot, dot, dot. But one has to thank Hartman and Freddie have earned their spots. Does it even make sense to use them in 4C? So we already touched on that. Doesn't really make sense to play Rossi eight minutes. Like he's not like a Connor Dewar. Um, no disrespect to Connor Dewar. I think Connor Dewar is incredible. I think he could actually be a pretty good third line player eventually in the NHL. And he's been really good. He's a full-time NHL guy. Like he's ready. Um, but I just don't see him, you know, you, you're not really getting anything that Marco Rossi brings to the table other than defensive work. Uh, if you play him eight minutes on a fourth line, I just don't see it. And then like, like you said, Hartman, there's no reason to take him off that first line, you know, playing at center with Kirill Kaprizov. Kaprizov hits a hundred points, franchise record. 
uh, Zuccarello franchise record assists. Hartman has a 30 goal. So there's no reason to take him off. And the, and that also helps that he's making 1.7 million. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens with Goudreau. I don't know. So it really does feel like that's the only spot though. So let's move on again. Once I figure my shit out. Okay. Dirty. That's the name. What's the largest carnivore you could take in unarmed combat? Hmm. That's a good question. Depends if I've had a cocktail or two or smelling salts. If I go full D-Lo 44 Express train, Nick Delorier, throw me in the jungle. I'll come out, take anything out. I'll win. That's confidence, folks. Always believe in yourself. Never out of the fight. I'll kick the shit out of anything. That's my answer. I have no idea how to answer that question. So that's that's what we're going with. Uh, Wild Hockey Burner. That's literally my answer. Uh, Wild Hockey Burner asks, what the return for Dumba look like? Uh, it's not what anyone who thinks that you're going to get anything like huge. Like there's just no, I just don't see a very big market for a guy like Matt Dumba. It does help that he's, um, you know, a right shot D, not 30 yet. You know, he's only got one more year at 6 million, but that's 6 million in the cap league that, um, you know, the cap goes up by 1 million. So, you know, there's only a select few, and he has a 10 team, no trade. Um, and there's just not a ton of teams that really have that need for a guy like Matt Dumba. You know, he can't, he's had an issue with staying healthy, but when he is healthy, he's excellent. Obviously he's a really good teammate. Um, you know, so we're just a really good player when he can stay healthy. It's just, it happens to be that, you know, he's past couple of years has been tough for him, but you know, he plays a certain way that, teams would love but you know you look at the contract and six million um you know one team that stands out for me would be a team like dallas they have just under 20 million in space they have all their picks for next year they got a decent prospect pool and if you look at their returning defenseman i don't i think they have one right shot d maybe zero um and i don't really know if they i don't remember if they have anyone really coming in their prospect will be ready to take an NHL spot next season. And, you know, John Klingberg, a right shot D power play quarterback there, a lot of points. Um, he's not coming back. He's wanted out for a while. So that fit kind of just feels good there. Um, but I mean, you're looking at maybe a pick or two in a prospect. I just don't think there's going to be a, a, a huge return for a guy like Matt Dumba, unfortunately. Um, so that's why I just don't see him moving. Um, you know, but you're not getting a first round pick. You might be able to squeak out a second round pick and like a B prospect, um, you know, maybe like a second and a fourth and a B prospect. But, um, you know, it, if he could stay healthy, then it would be one thing. But, um, you know, a guy, he just, he makes a lot of money, even though when he is healthy, he absolutely deserves the 6 million. He's a $6 million defenseman. But, um, you know, between, there's just not a ton of teams in the league who have that, that, flexibility with the cap and then the need for a guy like Matt Dumba, but there are a few, you know, I look at Anaheim too. They got a bunch of young guys and, you know, they're looking to take a step next season. Um, yeah, I think he could actually help out Winnipeg a little bit, but 
Um, you know, Dallas for me feels like the most logical team and the most logical fit, just kind of a Klingberg replacement. Uh, once he walks, so they can't afford him and he wants out, but you could throw a Dumbo with Haskinen. That's, you know, you're cooking and then you can reunite with Suter. Okay, Hoppy, my guy, heat check on our favorite son, Kalen Addison. Uh, 19 points last 21 games. Is that good? Uh, yeah, he's been really good. He's just been solid. I thought he was at the beginning of the year. I've said this before. I thought he was just better in the NHL, and I thought he was just so so at the AHL level. I guess he actually had a talk with Tim Yarmy, and um, you know, they pretty much laid it out for him. And since then, he's just been a stud. Um, you know, big part of that, the surging power play now, anyways, you know, it was dry on a lot of nights, but you know, the other night they go three for four, three for three or something like that, um, against Rockford and, you know, he's right in the middle of it. Um, but he's just been solid. I think he's taken a, a pretty good step defensively as well. Um, you know, he might be small, but he's a feisty little bastard. So he's just a fun player to watch. Just so good. Um, you know, definitely ready for the NHL, but that roadblock appears to just be there for him. So once again, I, as the case is with several players, the math isn't good and there's just no spots. Um, so we'll see what movement happens in the offseason in terms of the defense core. Um, but it's looking like he'll probably be starting in Iowa again next season, even though he's probably ready to go play meaningful minutes in the NHL. But um, anyways, he's just been really good for them lately. Solid, solid, solid player. Um, he's a lot of fun to watch. Finally, Max McCormick, what kind of ice time has Addison been getting in Iowa? He's always listed on the third pair, but I'm assuming he plays a good amount. So, yeah, again, uh, so he said it before. Don't really have to look at, you know, especially with the defense, um, how they're going to utilize those minutes. He's their first power play quarterback um, and a damn good one. That's super mobile on the blue line. He's so fun to watch. Um, he's got that absolute rocket launcher of a slap shot. It's accurate. It's hard. Um, you know, he shoots with purpose. He's not just going bombs away from the point. He's patient, creates lanes for himself. Um, really good passer. Got a really nice first pass as well. He's a good skater, moves his feet well. So this is a kid, again, he projects to put up a lot, a good amount of points at the NHL level. Uh, kind of a natural dumbo replacement, but not necessarily, you know, he is super, he is a physical kid, you know, and he can throw his weight around, but, you know, he is significantly smaller than Dumba. Um, and I don't think he's going to throw as many like huge explosive hits, but yeah, no, he's still playing right around 20, 22, 23 minutes a night in Iowa right now. Um, you know, the points are there, you know, he passes the eye test, um, you know, and he makes that team go. It's, it, again, it's just nice having a kid on the back end there that can move the puck off the ice. So, you know, he's good in transition. He's really good in the offensive zone. The defense is still a work in progress. He's still probably got to get a little bit stronger. But, um, yeah, you don't have to look at, you know, where he's, you know, what pair he's on to, to you know, try to get an idea of what he's looking at. And nice time he's still playing probably more than a lot of the other. He's probably the top three used uh demon and um you know he's actually been thrown out in the pk a few times which i think is good for him as well but he's just been really 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 good for a couple months now honestly since he came back whenever that was i might have just made that up the month thing <laughs> but ever since he came back from the nhl he's just been a stud for them and he's been so important you know when he came back they were dragging and then um you know he's definitely definitely 
come a long way for them and, and help them actually remember how to win hockey games. But again, he's just doing a lot of things really well right now. And it's good to see that the points are there for the kid. Uh, but yeah, I'd say it's anywhere from 20 to 23 minutes. And then those games where, you know, the games where it's like one, nothing or they're losing by one or they're chasing the game, you know, he'll be up around 26, 27 minutes. Um, you know, it feels like he gets double shifted a lot. He plays a lot of different guys too. Sometimes they'll play with a Brendan Miller type, who's another smooth skater, good puck moving D man, but just NHL guy or AHL guy. Uh, and then a lot of nights playing with like a Turner Otten, bright, big, stay at home, super tough, kind of a complete mutant. Um, which is kind of nice because they can protect Addison because Addison tends to find himself in a lot of trouble. Um, some of the penalties he takes, they might be dumb, but they're very funny. So I love Galen Addison. He's just awesome. So, so it sucks that there's just this weird roadblock to Minnesota. But um, anyways, yeah, super, super, super good end of the end of the season for him. So we'll see what happens with Iowa. We'll see what happens if they can make the playoffs and make a deep run. Or if, you know, you'll see guys like Addison and, and uh, Chafee and Rossi, um, you know, up as Black Ace of Minnesota for the playoffs. And that is going to do it right around the hour mark. Look at that. We did it. I think last week we did the same thing too. But anyways, as always, thank you for tuning in. Hopefully you're okay with me doing the mailbag. I was hoping to get a couple more questions, but I still stretch it out to an hour uh, because that's just how I fucking roll. Um and that's that's all I really have. I don't really know what else I have to say. But anyways, yep. Thank you for tuning in. Um, feel free to send me money. That's cool. You know, Corey, you beauty. Or don't. I wouldn't. I actually wouldn't fire you, but that's okay if you want to. Anyways, um, yeah, keep sending questions again, either through Twitter or if you want to send to that Gmail. Um, I really, really enjoy doing the mailbags because it actually helps me you know, at this point in the season, I'm like exhausted and trying to come up with shit to talk about every single week by myself as a drag. I think in the off season, I'm going to have to come up with a few different plans here, but I do really enjoy the mailbag. So I'm thinking about doing one like every other week, like not necessarily if I get enough questions, I'll do a whole separate pure mailbag episode and do a two, two episode week. But, um, I really do like having one specific episode where it's just questions. So, spokesy11 at gmail.com i had some weird dude sending me shit um i don't even know what he was asking me or what he wanted to do with something about business because you know spokesy llc obviously but anyways said questions there some of the twitter um if you're still listening send me the middle finger emoji and i'll send you a heart back Anyways, I'll see you next week. I think I have a bachelor party weekend, so I might die. I don't know. If I if I live, we'll see you then. Peace out.